Okay, so let's so stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to the Parenting Unknown Podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. If you're continuing listening to this podcast week in, week out, catching up, I just want to say I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the follows, the interactions, everything. And to any new listeners, welcome. This is a podcast about me in search of what it means to be a good parent. I don't have any of the examples of it growing up, so I'm in this whole situation going blind, but picking up pieces along the way. Have an excellent wife to follow this journey on with me. And let's face it, this is a good therapy session for me. And I can't deny it. I've been feeling better. I've been feeling like I can't wait lifted off. And yes, I do still have anxiety from it. But thank God for editing. You wouldn't hear my my breasts, my deep hollow breasts. I mean, I'm fine and all that. But just these kind of nervous feelings, this kind of nervousness that I just get sometimes. So for this week's episode, I want to talk about having two educations. What is that? I got two educations, and most people where I live do. I grew up in Boyle Heights, a place where it's mostly Mexican-American slash Chicano people. It was a town established in the 1800s. It had its share of racist religions from Latino, Jewish, Japanese, Russian, Armenian, African-American. Those are just some to name a few. During World War II, its Japanese residents were removed and sent to camps. Something that happened all over this country in fear of Japanese spies. Some have came back and others that just left never to look away. One famous one that I could think of is George Takai, you know, the guy from Star Trek that has like that, oh my, kind of voice. Like I sound butchered it. I don't know. But that guy, if you know, he's very vocal on Twitter. Uh, he, he was a Bull Heights resident and he remembers going to the camps and he explained it to so many interviews and all that, but you know, just as an example. And I mean, flash forward from the World War II area to the 90s where I was born, it was active. And when I say active, I refer, of course, to the gang life. Though gangs have not been new to the area, along with the walkout movements of the 60s, more groups were taking territory, defending their neighborhoods. But with that comes with fighting over territory, fighting amongst each other. Matt was, Matt was part of one of the oldest gangs in the neighborhood. It was called White Fence. If you're familiar with the area, you might have heard of it. And if not, you can go ahead and look it up, get a little of that history of it. But it was sometime in the 70s, you know, different times then versus now. So if you're familiar with the area, you know where you're at. Boyle Heights at one time had a few hundred registered gangs that were active. At times when you were walking, it was, what hood am I in? You had to know how to read people and look at the streaks where you were walking. All of a sudden, you could get hit up. And anyone that doesn't know what hit up means is somebody asking what gang you're from. What area are you in? Where area are you from? What area do you represent? I mean, during the 90s, the violence in that area was just up and ridiculous, but it was just like the rest of Los Angeles. Every part of LA had its own heap of violence, even from the cops, the whole Rampart scandals and everything like that. So, I mean, if you want to say for the sake of argument, the LAPD and the Sheriff's Department were their own gangs, even much so more now, if you know what I mean. So between that six and 12 years of age, I had my eyes to see what was going on in that area. Our schools, even during lunch, would have lockdowns due to local drive-bys. Yes, and it's happened more on occasion where we're sitting down, little kids trying to enjoy our lunch, and then we hear multiple pops, the lunch aid, told everybody to get underneath. 
We all ran to the cafeteria and that was it. We were on lockdown because right across the street around the park that was there, there was a drive-by. Just around the other block, there was a drive-by. So something not too as a good memory, but it's it's there. I mean, all, as, as these years passed, the streets education got deeper and deeper to knowing where to walk in, what time of day, to reading the walls. And at the same time, my other education was, was in school. What I was learning in school about the outside world, totally different from the world that I was living in. On one hand, I was learning about physics, algebra two, some, what do you even learn in high school? Some, some history, some BS lesson plans of learning how to write an essay. And in the outside world, it was like, well, gang A is beefing with gang C. How do I know that? Because there's a 187X'd out and you get a couple of other words on there. And the writing just seems to keep getting bigger and bigger with each block. So what time is it? I'm going to avoid that block. I'm going to take the main, the main streets, even though that means taking an extra 30 minutes. Well, that's what it's going to have to be. So very two worlds that I was living in. But I mean, this is common more than you know. Being able to read people and keep your cool at times, it comes in handy in different parts of life. How you carry yourself, how you dress, how you talk are all factors in this street education. And the block that I live on was very, very, very much active. So almost like clockwork coming home from school, but I always get hit up asking what gang I'm from. And I'm pretty sure it was the same guy every single day. Maybe it was on George. I don't know. Always the same guy. I would look at him with no expression and tell him like, you know what? I literally live up the street. And keep in mind, during this time, I wasn't really wearing any baggy clothes. It was more or less a tight clothes, had spiked hair. And this one time I was wearing a t-shirt from this band called Black Label Society. Good band, go check them out. They're led by Zach Wilde, who was a guitarist for uh, Ozzy Osbourne for a good minute. I think he still is. Very good band. Now, in the front of the shirt, it said B-L-S. In the back of it, it had thrown of like logo. Which in gang or crew vision can mean one thing. It's another gang. And believe it or not, Kids at our school wear t-shirts that would say Reach Street or different things. So it was very probable. So sure, I got hit up. I got asked what BLS was after telling the person they looked at me. Black tight pants. Because yes, before I used to get my pants and sew them in. And then right before I got inside my house, I would unloosen that, you know, that thread. BLS shirt, semi-spiked hair. Then I said, look in the back. They said, okay, cool. And basically went home and that was it. But honestly, that was the last time I wore that damn shirt. <laughs> With all this, you begin to pay attention to people and see how they act. Once you do, you can easily navigate a crowd and be careful. People being, honestly, it's something that people lack now. I feel like a lot of people now just go out with their heads up in their ass or, for lack of better terms, heads, heads up in the clouds, meaning you're just oblivious to what's going on. And that's far from it now because... There's a lot more robberies going on, especially in LA. They're hitting now Orange County. So it's, it seems like it's not, now it's not a time to just hang back and relax. I mean, this guy just walked into a school a couple days ago, last week or so, and he stabbed a 15 year old girl. Poor girl died up in Stockton. I mean, all these road rage incidents, you can't, you can't be safe no more. It's unfortunate, but you really got to keep your eyes out in the open. And for a while, too, I don't know if you remember if the dumbasses that were driving on the wrong side of the road. And yes, I say dumbasses because if you're willing to drive drunk, you're the biggest piece of shit on this earth, right next to pedophiles. Yes, I'm going to say it. You're almost as big a piece of shit as a pedophile if you want to drive drunk like that. Because what, what have we seen in the past year and a half or so? I'll tell you. Pregnant moms, dead. Single family members, dead. Whole families, dead. Somebody just trying to go home, dead. And who are these jackasses driving in their cars, getting drunk? 
they're quite frankly they're everybody around this uh one incident it was in a off-duty cop so there's no excuse now no excuse you have uber you have a bus certain situations you tell somebody like hey i'm drunk i need to go home maybe somebody will pay for you some of the bartenders some of the managers they'll pay for your ride to go home it's more about being safe than being a dumbass going on the street driving hitting some poor family some poor person that had nothing to do with your failures in life if you want to drive junk with that you're a failure is there a chance for redemption sure if you're willing to take the time and say you know what i got an issue i can't i can't be doing this maybe i've had a a close run-in Maybe you did have a DUI, but fortunately for you, you didn't kill nobody. So is there some redemption in that? Of course, but once you make this a pattern going over and over and over again, you're just a piece of shit. So more of the story, don't drink and drive. So back to where I was before I got in that little, little rant. Definitely keep that in mind though. But some people lack that common sense to kind of read what they're going into, kind of keep their eye on the crowd. Most people have only seen what most of us were born into on film. I'm not saying that I'm proud of it, but it has come in handy in life. Back to school at this time, we were learning about essays, authors, and culture in my Chicano studies class. And you know what? Some people don't have two educations. They just have book smarts. There's a certain kind of naiveness in how people are and how they act. It reminds me of the movie Tommy Boy. On one hand, you have Chris Farley, not too smart in the books department. But he can read, talk, and navigate his way in people, in that public guy. He's a salesman. He knows how to read people. He knows how to talk to them. He knows what they want. And on the other hand, you have David Spade playing his total opposite. Book smart, but can't get along or gives off an uptight feeling to the people around him. It's funny, but it's kind of a perfect example. You can say and think what you want from having two educations, but it's definitely some something that comes in handy in small little isolated certain situations and being the way that I am, I think that I would have a hard time trying to talk to people. But for some reason, people gravitate to me. I only say this because this is what my wife tells me. My wife says so, but I'm still in denial because I still see myself as that big, scary guy that doesn't want to talk to anybody. Maybe I just, maybe I listen to the cure too much and that just instilled in my head. Like, I just don't want to deal with nothing. But in reality, is I could pretty much just talk to anybody and by the end of our conversation, I could possibly have a new friend. But maybe I just don't want to face the fact. Maybe I just want to be that long haired kid with the black and white eyeshadow and the makeup and I want to wear loose black clothes with crosses and you just want to be that goth person. I don't know. But fact of remain is I can still talk, navigate through people. My wife says that I make it look easy, but I think of it as I have to. Uh, just not to be rude, but having these two educations, it kind of bred me to be this way now. You never know when you're on the streets and you might see somebody that you talked to or said, hey, or open the door, ask them if they need help. It's happened to me more than once where you kind of recognize people. So you kind of build that respect, that relationship, that friendship, maybe. But what about my kids now? How do I raise them? I can only raise them in the house so long before they go out the door. You know what I mean? Meaning that if they're old enough, if they go to school or if they walk to the store by themselves, how to act in the streets? How should I teach them? No, it's not going to be no like, I'm not going to teach them the Ten Commandments or the Sopranos or Goodfellas or anything like that. I mean, it's more, more real, more realistic on our end. Kids nowadays seem, kids seem dumb as shit. I don't know if it's just, you know, when you get, you transition to that old person now looking at the youth, how we were the youth and the old people looking at us, calling us dumb. But I guess I, I know what they were talking about. Maybe I was dumb as shit too. But these kids, they're dumb. If the other time they play dumb, then I don't know. Being smart, educated is maybe not cool no more. 
was it ever? <laughs> but you know, that's that, that's that schoolyard mentality. When it comes to teaching our kids, it, it'll be challenging, I think. I hope not. I'm, tra- I'm already teaching the kids, you know, don't talk to strangers. If you're lost, if you get away from us, you go to a police officer. You don't talk to nobody. The kids know our names. I'm trying to teach them. Well, Max right now, he's a little bit older. I'm trying to teach him my phone number. So if anything happens, you know, that's my number. All little things that you may not think of, but hey, they definitely come in handy and they're definitely going to come in clutch, hopefully in a worst case scenario, which I hope that doesn't, doesn't happen. But you know, it's always good to prepare, right? I mean, for them, it's going to be challenging, but I, I grew up the way because I had to. That second education came with experience. Keeping cool when faced with drugs, guns, or getting shaken down by the cops came with an experience. Of course, I want my kids, for lack of better terms, to keep cool under pressure, but I don't want them to lose, but I don't want those scenarios to confront them. Like, of course, you don't want your kids getting stopped by the cops, having a gun pulled, having a little baggie thrown on them, like this is, you know, a so-and-so spot of Coke or, you know, whatever. I don't want them to be in the positions that I've, I've had. I mean, last, last thing I want for my boys to be up against the wall, hands up, will a cop ask if he has drugs? Slightly different times and areas that we live in now, but still, it's definitely going to be a work and trying to explain things to them, trying to educate. I'm with my girl, man, we got to teach her how to read people too in the surroundings, but let's face it, kidnappings, abductions still happen to this day, even more now in broad daylight. And it seems that times are not getting easier. So all of this has to be taught. And it's a lot for kids to start learning all this shit. Because if you think about it, if you're a kid in school, you're trying to learn, trying to get educated, trying to write better, trying to do your math. You're trying to keep your politics up with your friends. You're going through different hormone changes. Little kids start getting crushed with other kids, getting made fun of, you're learning from the teacher. Then you got to deal with your, your family home life, being your relations with your parents. And then you got to worry about getting kidnapped. Worry about not talking to strangers. It's a lot of information for these kids. That's why it's sometimes it's stressful being a kid, which we really don't think about it. But now that we're on the outside as an adult looking back and trying to raise our kids, it's damn near stressful. Some shit that we don't think about and we take around because it's, it's, it's just go to school, come back home, how's your day? Boom, that was it. If you're lucky enough to have a, a parent who loves you and more in your life, you'll get, they'll talk to you a little bit more. But if not, it's the same routine over and over again. So definitely be a little bit more respectful for our kids when we're teaching them these things. Be a little more empathetic. And from us, we, we would, for us, we would know what would pedos look like. You know, they had, they were creepy. We knew how to stay away. Our grandmas would stay, you know, stay away from that house or they'll take you. Years and years later, those creepy looking people evolved into looking normal. You can't really trust anyone anymore and you really don't know what they're capable of. If anything, I've learned in the street level that has taught me is that keeping an eye on those emotions, keeping those emotions to a minimum, it allows to act and think rationally. And in worst case, it does keep you alive. Nowadays, you may never know what's going to happen because being a dad and a husband, you got to look out. I got to look out for my family, especially when we're out. What good am I if in a worst case situation, I'm scared and I balled up like a little, for lack of words, little, little bitch. What happened if somebody tries taking my kid and instead of attacking, running towards, I, I freeze up and I just stop and look and let it happen. How, how couldn't you live with yourself? It's some of the, these situations, scenarios you got to think of because you never know what might happen. You hope and you pray for the best, 
But mentally, you got to prepare yourself. So that's why when I'm with the kids out, especially by myself, I am with them like a hawk. And I walk around, if I'm not holding one of the kids' hands and one of them's in the cart, I walk around with my fist clenched. Um, I know, tack the clavicle bone first, tack the throat, the neck. You're getting fingers stuck in your eyes. You're getting your kneecap busted. And maybe you get an elbow to the back of the head or the side, depending on, you know, what's going to happen. I've already, trust me, I've already thought about this, how I'm going to attack. And I got to be careful too, because my size, knowing California, if I rough up this person enough, then I'm going to get in trouble because I've used extreme force or some that bullshit, right? This happens. Many times, burglars go into the houses, they get shot up and sue the homeowner. It happens. That's why some states like Florida or Texas, a little more on their, on, on their side with that. You know what I mean? But I mean, hey, this is some of the rules, some of the things you got to think about. You got to watch yourself. But when you're in that blind rage, you never know. Hope it don't come to, but some of these situations, you got to prepare yourself mentally. But a few weeks ago, we were driving to Newport and we were on a red light and we got hit from behind. Some girl just wasn't paying attention. She thought the green light was red, tapped us. Fortunately, we were okay. We were all fine, but the boy got scared. If we freaked out and started being hysterical, then, you know, those kids were going to, the kids were going to freak out really bad. Well, my boy was more or less the, the loud sound, the loud banging. For I say, sometimes when we're going to cook some meat and, you know, there's a hard sizzle, he's like, what, the, what is that? And he kind of gets, because he don't know that sound. So you got to explain to him this, we're cooking food. And then boom, snaps out of, he's like, oh, and he goes about his, his day, like not a care in the world. But luckily it was literally nothing, just a loud sound. But as those situations, we don't act right. The things can go south. For some people, some people go their lives without having to deal with that goes on in a street level environment and hats off to them. They've never been exposed to drugs, violence, prostitution, or murder. And trust me, more power to them because them on that level, I don't think anybody should see that. But I mean, it's human shit that goes around. That's what, that's what happens, you know? I mean, but us who've been through it, we got a complete picture. We're given this extra set of tools to navigate through life, and hopefully we can turn this life around and teach right by our kids. I'm just hoping that there's more and more people like this that recognize it and really want to make a difference. It's so easy to get caught up in that racket. It's so easy to get caught up in that cycle. Again, I think the biggest, the biggest point of this podcast is really breaking that cycle. I know it's me. I know it's about me uh, wanting to better myself as a person, as a parent looking back at some things, trying to you know, better myself. But I think really, really when it comes down to it, it's really about breaking that cycle. And the more and more I talk about things, the more and more I do some research, it's evident of what should really happen for us. They have some of us deal with trauma, deal with, with stress, anxiety, in some way, shape or form. There's this pattern that we're a part of that we want to break out of. Maybe we don't know it. Maybe us saying we want to better ourselves is a way of telling us subconsciously that we got to break this pattern. But it's hard. It's definitely hard. So if you're in that situation, you're trying to better yourself, you're seeing a therapist, you're you're trying to give yourself some mental space. You're recognizing that your mental health is more than anything. You're recognizing that your mental health is way more than the dollar. And some people don't realize that until and it starts weighing down on them and it's not worth it. So all the people I know a couple people that are like that. Their mental health was taking a toll and you know they remove themselves from that position. So hats off to them because it takes a lot to do that. More than you would know. So definitely the moral of this of this whole this whole point of this whole podcast in general is really breaking that cycle. So if you want to do that, don't be afraid to reach out. 
me, a stranger, something. But the most important thing is you try to reach out to, leave it out in the world. Once it's out in the world saying like, you say it a lot, like I want to better, my, I want to do this and I do that. Believe it or not, it's a big load off of you. So definitely don't be too afraid. You do have support whether you know it or not. So thanks again for listening to this week's episode. And until never. No, I'm just kidding. Until the next time.